Welcome to Words of Light with Jim, sponsored by All My Relations in Indianapolis, the largest rock and mineral shop in the Midwest, carrying metaphysical supplies for all spiritual paths. Believe it or not, especially with the drug situation, there are a lot of people that are having accidental suicides. Now, that happens on more things than just drugs. For instance, do people intentionally kill themselves by drinking, smoking, pick an item, you know? It happens. Not that they intentionally do themselves in, mm -hmm. but then again, there's also suicides. Well, let's say, would you walk in front of a car and deliberately commit suicide? People would say, that wouldn't be very good because religious beliefs say if you commit suicide, you're going to go somewhere that ain't cool. And if people believe that, then their belief says, I don't want to commit suicide. But if you call it accidentally drinking too much, uh, whatever, you pick an item. So there is suicide through other means other than shooting themselves, walking through, walking in front of a car. Suicide is a funny thing, and, and sometimes they're accidental. And sometimes if you want to say, I don't want to be here anymore, so if I create some scenario, I can just leave through that other thing that's not obvious called suicide. And again, the only reason I can say I actually know that is because, again, the gift I have is to talk to those that have passed over. A lot of people want to come in and ask about so-and-so friend or relative that dies, and they die mysteriously. They're not sure how it happens. Well, that person, after they've been gone long enough, will be able to talk to you about what happened to them. Not necessarily every gory detail, but enough to pass to their loved ones so that they will feel comforted. And it's surprising how many people commit unintentional suicide, or if you will, sort of a suicide, but not really deliberate, if that makes sense. It's a fine line, what is suicide? How many of us are allowed to put our animals to sleep? We call it euthanizing them because they're in pain or they're not gonna get better, that's allowed. But if you wanna euthanize your family member or friend, that's not allowed, isn't that strange? That's kind of always thought a weird thing, you know, that, well, if it's an obvious situation where there is no hope, there's no betterment situation, and this person, all they're gonna do is get worse and more suffering and more pain. If anybody's been under hospice care, there's a little thing called hospice care, and they give them pain medications, which can actually speed up their death. Morphine is a notorious one, and it's a very common drug or medication they give to hospice patients because they're in pain. But morphine actually kills you. It kills the pain, but it also kills you. So it's funny how some respects they're allowed to use morphine because it's considered a medication to stop the pain. Well, doctors do it intentionally because there are so many situations where there's no hope. There are doctors with a heart, Nico. Yeah, a lot of them are, you know, they understand that you're creating suffering for the person and family members. They, there are not all cohorted doctors that just go by the book to say you've got to prolong life completely. It's got to extend them every minute. Now, be realistic. You know, can you imagine if, not, I, I don't think any of us have been exposed to, let's say, being in, in war where there's a battlement where somebody gets blown apart and, and obviously they're maybe just in a lot of pain. So the, the person might say, would you shoot me and get it over with? Obviously, if, if a guy is that blown apart or person, you can see there's no hope. Why would you not be able to shoot them and yet that's not considered right? But yet the person getting shot would be happy for you to do it. You're doing them a favor. Excuse me, if I was in that situation, I'd said, well, would you guys mind just doing me in and getting, doing me a favor? Because I know that I'm not gonna get better. 
And I, a lot of people don't want to live a half a life, if that makes sense. I mean, we fortunately have not experienced that here, and I pray nobody does. But if, if you could only imagine somebody realizing there's not much to their life, being, let's say, major body parts blown in half or legs or whatever, and being sort of just short of a vegetable, that's not a lot of life to live, is there? No, they wouldn't want to. Well, I can tell you about my experience with my sister. We knew her. We talked through how we were going to deal with that. I mean, it, it's not an easy thing for anybody to talk through, but my sister was not the normal person. She was so ready. In her mind, she had already she already knew what she wanted to have happen. You know, I was part of the plan, and I said, hell yes, you know, I will definitely help you in any way that I possibly right. can. So, you know, we got to the point where I spent the night with her one night, and I was able to know when it was time. I, I had no qualms in my mind whatsoever. I mean, I knew how much she was suffering. I wanted her to continue to suffer. She was ready. She was so ready. Yeah. But there was no point in, you know, just letting her lay there and... No, she was definitely yeah, ready. She, so. she was ready. Yeah. So I, I was blessed to be in a hospice volunteer at the time, and that's how I, that was the first time I actually met you was to mm -hmm. go visit her sister in at, at the hospital in unit, and and this woman was just amazing. I mean, I walked in the room like, what's going on in here? I could feel the light when I walked in the room. It was like, holy mackerel! This is this yeah, ain't a dying person. This is a person that's alive, but in not in physical, but in spirit. Right, and she had even huge impressions on all the doctors and nurses that were there that built, dealt with death every day. Right, absolutely. But they said they had never that had, you know, really thought through and accepted and, and planned and, and was just so ready, you know, and comfortable right. with her, the next journey that she was going to go on. I mean, it's, it's, it's part of life. It's difficult, but I think it's a real blessing if you can be in a place where you can be ready for your own death, where you can... You know, think about it and, and, and be prepared and, you know, have, be talking to your loved ones. Sure. And, I mean, it's a blessing. Right. Honestly, it, it's, it's sincere. It is. A blessing. And I agree that I don't know anybody that was more prepared to physically die than she was. So a lot of hospice people, obviously, mm -hmm. in my time, 13 years. And to finally really meet somebody that was so confident and completely put together when it comes to, I'm okay to die. I've got it together. I'm fine. Just quit thinking of and worrying about me. Just get on with what you need to do in this room, Jim, and let that tell you everything's fine. That was her attitude. Good. That's the kind of attitude I like to see in the people. But unfortunately, not all of them had that. And, you know, I, I just hope that I'm as ready and prepared as she was. I mean, she, she, it was really a blessing to be able to be there for her and be with her. Because we were so close. I mean, she, you know, she's my best buddy and my little sister and my business partner and everything. But she had other things to do. And she was ready. That's she right. And the truth is, we have things to do when we get to the other we side. All do. Yeah, absolutely. If everybody thought you were going to float around on the clouds, no. That's not going to happen, folks. You've got work to do. you got to start with, you work on yourself initially to get yourself in a good space to get rid of all this hang ups about being human and things like that. And that's more than people realize because you're so used to being in a physical human experience. So your brain thinks that way. You feel like, you know, it's like making appointments. I've got to be there. I've got to be somebody, you know, do things. And pretty soon you get to the other side and you said, time? What's that? That's the first thing that you lose sense of is time. Clock on the wall means nothing. In our life's experience when we, quote, should die, 
it's kind of an amazing experience to think that you get there and the first thing you're doing is being greeted by as many loved ones you could even begin to imagine. And these people love you unconditionally. So imagine that, to be loved unconditionally. It's almost incomprehensible. It is beyond what you call human experience. So once you feel that all that love, then you'll say, what's next? And they bring you from the table of call where you're discussed about your life, not judged, I said discussed. So review it. It's like reviewing what you did in your life and they show you what you accomplished, what you set out to do. Remember, you've all made contracts with yourself to do something in this life. You may not realize it, but you did. Because if you knew it, you'd probably screw it up. Has anybody ever known that? If you knew that the plan to think about it, you'd be, well, I got to do this. Well, I can't do it that way. I got to do it a different way. No, they don't want you screwing it up. So you've got to play it out. So once you review the, your life experience, they give you an opportunity to decide, well, what would, you, what would you like to do? Change any thinking? What would benefit your thinking? So pretty soon you start to think good things for yourself and also you go to the hospital symbolically for healing. So if you die from something, disease or something, then you also go through a healing. And once that's completed, then you get to be choosing to be what we call a guide, which you come back and then help your loved ones, people that you know, or even strangers that you might be able to help. Everybody has gifts. Maybe your gift is to be an irritant to somebody. Just think of yourself as finding an opportunity to uh, experience something in life. What is the opportunity? It's to be all that you can be. How much of that is you? All that you can be. Do you ever think that, that you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing in this life right now? Could you do more? I'm not saying you are or not, but that's what you have to sometimes review yourself and say, could I do more? That doesn't mean like walking more miles or anything like that, we're saying, could I be more of who I am? Who are you? That's what we're here to find out. Not tonight, but the journey called life. Because sometimes we don't even know ourselves who we are, besides being this humanoid thing, okay? You're a spiritual being, first of all. And to know the depth of you as a spiritual being is to get into the real root cause of who, who am I? And let's pick on your sister. That woman found out who she was. She did. That's an amazing story. One of the best stories I've ever explained that you walk into a room and think you met a person that really comprehends who they really are beyond just being a physical person and they're still alive because most people have to die before they realize who they really are because you're so used to being physical. I got to think. I got to analyze. I got to the clock on the wall. I got to be somewhere. I got to be, do, be doing something. And in reality, you're already who you are, just have to allow yourself to be who you are. Did you ever give yourself permission? Every day you do give yourself permission to what? Eat, drink, go to the bathroom, lots of things. But have you ever given yourself permission to be all that you can be? It starts with just, I can do that. I can give myself permission to be all that I can be. And then by stating that and keep repeating it, then you can do that, okay? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Blessings for you and Grandpa. All right. Yeah, well, he's been preparing. Wow. Imagine that. Yeah, he's been ill for quite a while. Then. He's just getting ready to die, so yeah, no surprise in that one. He's 90-some years old. He's not a young guy. They've been kind of waiting for this for some time, so it just finally materialized today, so. Isn't that strange we're talking about this, huh? Okay. To be 
all that you can be and you already are. To think of it, you already are all that you can be. Can you make yourself more? I don't know that you can make yourself be anything other than allow yourself to be. Has anybody made themselves be happy today or upset? You can allow yourself to be happy and nobody can make you happy, right? You can allow them to help you be happy, whatever way that may be. So back to, we are who we are, right? You've heard that ever before? You are really who you are. You're not something you're not. You already are that person. Understanding and knowing that and accepting. Can you accept yourself? Can you? Most of the time, you know, I think we can be, but the days when we call it, well, I, I don't feel good about myself, I, I'm upset or I'm whatever, mad, angry, frustrated, yeah, that's the word we call the truth. If you went back to, which you will go back to that point of when you cross over to the other side, to find out that you're real simply light, love, and truth. You think of body, mind, and spirit. It's also very symbolic. You are all basically just that. Now, in this physical body, you are body, mind, and spirit. Now, mind, do you realize something? What, what is the mind? Is that your memory, or is that what you think? What is the mind? The mind is what useful for calculating things, putting two and two together and building bridges and putting things together, simulating. That's what the brain's for. Now, your memory... Is it really the brain or your calculating mind, if you will? No, it's not. Because it, it's just a memory. It's already done. You're not calculating what's accomplished. Does that make sense? It's already done. Now, if you were to completely recall everything you've ever experienced in your life, wow, would that be a lot to remember? Especially when you get as old as I am, you'd probably have a lot to remember, right? Yeah. So. Was that meaningful? Because I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday. Imagine that. But I can remember something when I was back in grade school that might have been trivial. There may not be anything that shook up my world. I have a memory of it. It could be very, very trivial. But I can remember those things from way back. Believe it or not, I can remember stuff even when I was two years old. Not a lot, but some, some things. Like the wooden horse that I sat on in my mom's and dad's backyard. We lived on a small farm, and I just remember loving that wooden horse. It probably fell apart after one summer because I think it was old and pretty well shot when I got on it the first time. But then the next summer, it wasn't there anymore. I, I, I was probably looking for it, but I couldn't find it because it wasn't there anymore. Probably wound up in a trash somewhere or whatever. I never checked with mom and dad because they probably don't even remember the wooden horse like I do. Remember, your memory doesn't have to match up to what call the other people in your family do. I'm sure if you've had brothers and siblings, they'll say, don't you remember this? And they'll, they'll look at you like, what are you talking about? I don't remember that. And other times, my kids will come to me, Dad, don't you remember this? And I'll say, no, I don't remember doing that. Yeah, you did this and that. Okay, if you say so. But remember, everybody has a perspective of whatever you call it, their experience. Your body obviously has a memory cell. That's why when you think of something like, if you've ever had an experience where, let's say, you were going to touch something hot, you know, and then you start to remember anything feels warm, you might pull your hand back right away like this. It's kind of an instinct. Does that make sense? That's a memory cell of your body. It remembers don't touch something hot symbolically or, or something else. Like, has anybody ever responded like something flies by them or comes just about ready to hit them? They might react to pull back. That's one of the 
obvious memory cells, I call it. But there's also feelings like, um, has anybody seen something on television and felt something responsive, made you nauseous, made you feel happy, made you feel upset? Because your body has a memory of maybe your own experience. It wasn't, it's television, you know, yourself, it's a movie. It, did anybody really die in the movie? No. Did anybody really get hurt? Usually not. But you might have had an experience where you felt pain similar to what you saw on television. So you will respond possibly according to that feeling. So you might feel sick or ill or pain or just like, I don't want to watch that. Has anybody ever watched a program that didn't want to watch? Because it brought back not good feelings. Thank you for listening to Words of Light with Jim. Come check out All My Relations in Indianapolis or go online to allmyrelationsindy.com, the largest rock and mineral shop in the Midwest, carrying metaphysical supplies for all spiritual paths. Words of Light with Jim, spreading light for your spiritual journey.